I want everybody to eat. And maybe that's just me being a good ass person, but I want everybody to eat, whether you're in my life or not. You don't gotta sit at my table to eat. Today we're going to be talking about something that I've personally gone through and I've personally seen people that I love go through. And it's kind of a heavy topic, but it's a necessary topic, I feel like, especially in the Black community, because I feel like we don't talk about it enough and we don't give ourselves the, we don't even give ourselves the platform to talk about it because we, we're often embarrassed by it or we're often uneducated on it so we don't really know like how to go about educating others on it so the topic today will be depression and suicide and i'm gonna relate i'm gonna um tie it into my own life struggles and my cousin passing away and everything that depression has done to impact my life so here we go i think in the black community we often are stereotyped as crazy or psycho when we don't feel our best or when our mental health isn't where it should be. And instead of getting help, we just live with it. And it often gets worse because like I said, we don't wanna be seemed as crazy because we go to a therapist or we go get help or we go look for outlets. And as black people as a whole, we're so we're so prideful of our strength and what we bring to the table. So. When things don't seem right to us, it kind of annoys us because it's just like, okay, why am I going through this? And we're not really looking, we're, or not re- not even looking, we're not really doing all that we can do to use the necessary resources we have to get us through our life situations. And depression is scary. Depression is very dangerous if you don't know about it and if you don't do what you can to educate yourself on it when you go through it. Um, there's a strong correlation between depression and suicide. So suicide kind of, suicide is so negative because it impacts so many people's lives. When you take your own life, you don't really realize how many people that you're leaving behind, how many people that you left to clean up the pieces really. And my cousin committed suicide on November 20th, 2018. And when I tell you it was the most devastating thing that I think me and my friend group and my entire family have gone through like it was just it put life in perspective for all of us so i'm not gonna lie me personally i was my life turned upside down when he left and it took me a long time to really even want to do anything it took me a long time to even really want to live without him so the suicide the suicidal thoughts kind of took over me And I think when he died, it was more so I'm not suicidal because of my own life and my own things are going on. I'm suicidal because I want to be with him because I feel like there was no way he should have felt alone in that moment. There was no way he should have felt that that was the right decision to make, you know, when we were all around him and he could have came to any one of us as an outlet. But when depression has taken over your mind and your lifestyle so heavily the way it did with him, 
that often seems like the only way out for you, which is a fucked up way to think and a fucked up way to feel, but it's really, depression has a tendency to make the problems that you go through in your life seem so much bigger than what they really are. And it kind of makes them seem like they're way too much to handle, like a breakup or losing your job. Like shit that, you know, shit that normally like breaks your spirit a little bit, but you know, you do what you can to get back up and keep moving forward. Shit like that when you're, when you have a depressed mind state, it's kind of like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I have nothing left to live for. And it may seem dramatic to a normal person who doesn't really experience depression or have to deal with it on a daily basis. But to someone who's depressed, shit like that really is so upsetting and you really don't know how to come back from it. So that's why I say not many of us are educated on it because we don't know the severity of it. Depression has a way of tricking you to think that everything is negative and it kind of minimizes your positive thoughts and I feel like the only way to really control your depression or learn to cope with it because I honestly I also feel like depression doesn't just come and go it doesn't just go away when someone is diagnosed as depressed or having a clinical depression they often just learn how to cope with it and learn how to live with it so there's moments or there's there could be long periods of your life where you don't feel depressed and where you don't feel sad, but there once was. And that's totally normal. You just learned how to cope with it. You learned how to kind of, I, honestly, speaking from me and my personal experiences, I've learned how to master depression in every way because I don't allow my thoughts to be too negative. I don't allow those negative thoughts to control my positive thoughts entirely. I don't allow that because I know how it feels to be in that dark circle and be in that deep, deep, dark hole and where you don't know how to get yourself out of it because I feel like once you get into that hole of sadness and depression and feeling alone as long as you don't sit in that hole for too long you're okay you can always make your make your strides to come out of it but if you sit in it and if you allow it to consume you depression is a really really hard thing to be and you really have to it's it's all a mental mind game because little by little day by day you have to go through the emotions that you feel you have to Going through your emotions and forcing yourself to sit with what you feel and how you feel is the way to healing. And that's so important because whatever you don't heal from is always going to linger. Whatever you don't heal from is always going to be in the back of your mind. No matter how far you push it back, it's always going to be there. So there's a lot of things internally that I feel like we all go through that we don't really necessarily voice and tell people about, which is totally normal. But then again, if you're not going to use your resources and your outlets to cope with that, you have to cope with it by yourself because eventually things just take a turn for the worse and they, your thoughts become too far and that's where the depression or that's where the suicidal thoughts come in. That's where the suicidal ideations come in. And a suicide attempt is different from a suicidal ideation. A suicidal ideation is kind of you envisioning how you're going to commit suicide. It's kind of a vision of yours like okay this is how I'm gonna do it suicide attempt is you actually attempting to do it suicide ideations are just ideas and those ideas have the potential to really be an attempt later on which is why it's so important that when you do have those ideas and when you do think like that it's important to really tap into yourself and be like okay this is gonna affect so many people not only not only me this is gonna cut my life so extremely short is this the way that I should go about solving my problems? Because if you really, really think about it, and this may sound 
like I'm trying to minimize depression and I'm totally not. But the reality of life is life is always going to be hard. Whether you're 16, 25, 43, like life is always going to throw hard shit at you. That's why life was never supposed to be easy. That's why when you get older, you have to learn about your thoughts. You have to learn about yourself. You have to learn about the things that you want in this life. And you cannot let all the minor hiccups and the struggles to get there break you down as a person and make you want to lose your faith to live and make you want to just look at everything negatively because there's so much positive in life, no matter how negative it may be at the moment. We just don't know it yet. But the journey that we all are set to live is specifically made for us. I say this all the time. And you have to understand that God or whoever you believe in is not going to give you or is not going to throw anything at you that he knows you cannot handle. So stressful situations like a breakup or losing your job or somebody dying in your family, those are extreme traumatic situations. But you go through that for a reason. Everything is supposed to make you stronger. And I think sometimes people who go through depression and have suicidal thoughts, they don't always ask for help because they feel like everybody has their own life going on. They have their own issues, which is 100% true. But anybody that's going through depression or thinking about suicide or anything in that aspect, I would 100% say use your resources. Use the people that you have around you to just talk. Just have them be there for you because going through that alone is really, 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 really hard. I remember when my, it was maybe been like a, I think my, my cousin passed away like right before Thanksgiving. And when I had went back to school, because I was dorming at my college at the time, when I had gone back to school, I had completely like lost myself because I felt like there's no way that we were so close in high school. When I tell you we had so we saw each other like maybe after every other period like seriously religiously like every day so i was just angry at myself and angry at the situation because i was like there's no way that this boy felt like he couldn't tell me this there's no way that this boy felt like life would be better without him in it because that's completely false completely i didn't want to go to i i'm not even gonna lie to you i wasn't going to class i wasn't going to work i wasn't doing anything at the time i was literally in my dorm room 24 seven because I was just so, the depression was starting to take over me. And you know, sometimes in situation, my situation is different because my depression was kind of triggered by losing somebody else who battled with depression. And you know, there's outlets like therapy, I tried that. I feel like therapy is not for me because therapy is just you venting to somebody that you really don't even know, telling them your problems, telling them, everything that's going on in your life but realistically nobody can really help you with that but yourself or that's just personally how I feel that's why I stopped going because I just feel like yeah I can tell you about my life all I want to and you can try to give me advice and help me figure it out but if I don't want to apply the advice that you're telling me because I don't feel that it's right why am I here I feel like I could do that work on my own and truthfully I have Ever since I haven't gone to therapy and I've really looked into myself and been my own therapist, really, it's worked for me. 
it might not be the case for everybody else. You know, everybody's different. Everybody grieves different. Everybody heals different. But for me, therapy just wasn't for me because, like, it just, to me, it seemed like something that I had to do because that was really my parents' way of trying to help me because they saw my depression. You could clearly see it. Like, I wasn't interested in anything. And I think that was their way of helping me, trying to get me to talk to someone. And the therapist that I had was actually my godfather that I talked about in episode seven. I actually went to the same therapist that he had. So that's why I really, really was eager to try it because my uncle was just amazing. He was everything to me. So when my dad was like, yo, this is the same guy that like he used, I was like, okay, like, let me try it out. Like maybe I could connect with him the way that he connected with my uncle, you know? But I'm not gonna lie, he was, a, he was a good man. Like he was, he was really nice. He was trying to help me. Like he was really trying to be understanding, but it just wasn't for me, which is totally okay. Therapy is not for everybody, but I recommend people to try it if they feel like there's no other option. Support systems around you, medications. Medications could, I mean, medication is for you and you think that that's the best way to control your thoughts and how you feel, then do it. But medication is not for me because I feel like why am I depending on a medication to make me feel happy that's not pure bliss that's not pure happiness that's not that's not genuine and I don't want anything that's not pure and genuine especially coming from me I don't need medication to make me feel good about the day that I'm about to have that's no that's not how I want to live my life so I chose not to do that even though they, the therapist brought it up as an option because at the time, like I said, I was having suicidal ideations. So I shared that because it was like, even having the suicidal ideations was very scary to me because it's like, when you're thinking about suicide, when your cousin has just committed suicide, it kind of leaves you like, well, damn, like this is gonna be the second suicide that my parents and my family have to deal with. One, two, damn, now I feel what he was feeling. Now I see how he was going back and forth. Like, damn, should I do this? Like, is this the right thing for me? Like, I'm so sad, but like, damn, like, is this the only thing that I can really do to fix how I feel? I completely felt how he felt the last days or last hours up to his death because he left behind a suicide note. So that kind of really stamped it for me that he was really hurting and he really, really thought that life would have been better without him. And that's just so crazy to me because when I tell you my cousin was so like caring, so loving, so beautiful inside and out. And you, he always had this way of never seeming down. Like, yeah, some, he would be bummed up, you know, everybody has their hard days, but he would always have a smile on his face. So it, it was so hard for me to grasp that that's actually how he felt. And I was so angry because it was like, yo, like you could have told me you had me thinking you were so happy and you were okay this whole time, but you weren't. But, I mean, that's just really how depression works. Like, anybody who's depressed is going to mask that shit so well to where... Because they don't like act, answering questions. They don't want you to know that they're sad. They don't want to talk about why they're sad because, like I said, anybody that's depressed is just not interested in talking about it. That's just how they feel. It makes you sad. It makes you lose interest in things that once brought you so much joy. It makes you loss of appetite. It makes you tired all the time. Sleeping is hard. Like focusing on anything is just a challenge. So I totally understand like 
going through it myself, I totally understand how he felt and how a lot of other people that have committed suicide because of that have felt. Because you don't always, not everybody has the support system that I have. Not everybody has the friends that I have. Not everybody has the parents that I have. So my support system is different. Not everybody feels that love that I feel, you know? And that's what I really, really had to understand because his family situation and his parents' dynamic was different from mine. Yes, my dad is like the dad for all of my friends and all of my family because my dad has stepped up and been there for everybody because not everybody has a dad that's present like I do. So he's made it his mission to be present in everybody else's life. And I'm so grateful for him for that because he makes my friends feel loved. He makes my family feel loved. And I love that. So my dad was always kind of our dad. So I remember like maybe it was like not even maybe two weeks before he passed away, like him and my, my dad would have conversations with him upstairs just talking for hours because he went to school at Old Westbury. It's on Long Island. I was in a whole different state. Messiah's in Missouri. So it was just like we were all following our dreams, but it led us to different places. And he was the only one that was really in Long Island. So he would come over to my house, talk to my dad, all that. And like, I wish I was here because I feel like maybe well this is how everybody feels after somebody that they love commits suicide like i feel like maybe i could have did more maybe i could have done better because i'm not gonna lie there was days where he would call me and i would just be in my own bag and really be focused on my own thing and i wouldn't answer because it's like damn i don't want to talk to this happy positive nigga when i don't feel happy or positive right now so i would avoid him because i was avoiding him for all the wrong reasons though he brought out the happiness that i didn't really feel at the moment because you know when you're caught up in your own life you're not really trying to be there for everybody else because it's just like I can barely be there for myself so it wasn't really as present as I should have been the last couple months of his life because I was in school I was doing my own thing I was trying to find myself I was trying to adjust to being away to school and it was a lot for me so when he first passed away I was so hard on myself because I could never answer the phone again. I could never call him back and be like, yo, what's up? My bad. I missed your call. I could never text him again. I could never. And that's one thing that he always did for me was he always made me feel loved. He always made me feel beautiful. He always, every time that he saw me, he was like, yo, what's up? Beautiful. How's your day? Like it was always genuine love. And I wish I could have gave that back to him 10 times more, but I know that he loved me. And I know that our relationship was everything that it was supposed to be because now looking back on it, he really made me who I am today because going through what I went through when I lost him and the struggles that I faced and it was a journey. It was such a long, like, I wish that I could say depression goes away overnight, but it really, really doesn't. Like, it was so long of me feeling sad day after day after day. Me not wanting to do nothing day after day after day. And that shit gets draining because it's like, damn, like, when am I going to wake up and be okay? When I'm going to wake up and be excited that I woke up. Because that's kind of what it was. Like, I would wake up and be like, damn, like, shit, I'm still in this shitty ass life. Still feeling shitty. Like, don't even, not even excited to be up right now. Like, it was bad. But I'm so grateful for it because whenever I am sad now, I know how to make it less sad or... I know how to control my negative thoughts to where it's like, okay, yeah, we're sad right now. We're having a bad day. But listen, 
this is what we're going to do tomorrow to make it better. Or this is what we're going to do to make this sadness go away. Or this is how we're going to solve our problem. It's not easy, but it's necessary to be your own biggest fan and be your own therapist because realistically, the only person that really knows what you're going through and knows how you feel is you. You could tell somebody about your day for hours. They're never going to feel what you feel because, like I said, it's your own personal struggle. That's your own thing that you have to fix and that you have to be present with to help yourself. Nobody knows what you really go through besides you. But that's why you have to be the controller of your own destiny. You cannot let things like depression or just sadness in a, in a hole take over you. I think my, when I um, was going through my depression, I kind of, it led me to a lot of anger. And I think I was lashing out toward the people that I knew loved me the most because I was so angry and I was so hurt. And depression kind of tricks you into thinking that nobody's on your team. Kind of, it tricks you into thinking that you're alone and that you have to figure this out by yourself. It just makes you feel small when you're so much bigger than that. My depression stages, I would say, I kind of, we first died, so I was feeling sadness and I kind of led to emptiness. It kind of led to my confusion on how I felt because I, I knew I was sad because he died, but it was like, damn, I, I wish I wanted to trade places with him immediately because I felt like we both, we both were destined for great things, but I feel like he deserved more time. He deserved another chance at actually experiencing life because honestly, if you really think about it, like, the things that I've accomplished from the time that he died until now, I have a whole podcast. I have a whole brand that I'm building from the ground up. Imagine if he would have been here to help me with this or to do his own thing. Like he could have been something so great and it's sad that he didn't really get the chance to do it because he really felt like the things that he was going through was bigger than him. The things that he was going through was just too overbearing to where he couldn't get through it. And think yeah I was confused I was I wanted to trade places with him I was so angry and that anger kind of led me to lashing out and doing some really foul shit like shit that's totally out of my character I guess you would say and I was doing it just because like fuck it like I'm angry like life sucks right now like I just lost my brother I nobody understands how I feel because everybody's grieving their themselves so who am I to tell anybody that my grieving process is better than anybody else's or that I'm actually grieving and nobody else, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to minimize other people's grieving because yours feels 10 times worse? That's just really how I felt. So it, I was angry. I was doing crazy shit that I didn't even, looking back on it, I'm, I don't feel guilty or I, I don't feel bad because, like I said, I've done the work to heal from it and I've, like, really sat down with myself and addressed my actions and what I've done in the past. So now I'm at peace with everything. But looking back on it, it's shit that like new me now would look back and frown upon it, you know? But you live and you learn. And then once my lashing out became to be like a lot, I was kind of realizing my anger. And then once I started realizing my anger, it was like a transition had happened for me. 
it was like, okay, I need to change to be healthier because depression has completely taken over me and it has, it has allowed me to go into such a dark place and be such a dark, hurtful person. And this, that's not me. So that kind of fueled my fire to want to change and learn about depression and learn what I could do to make myself feel better. And it worked because I remember, and you know, it's crazy. Like when, when I was going through this, I was going through, like I had a public speaking class and the teacher was mad cool. Like I loved that class. I don't really fuck with public speaking, but like, I think that class made me really fall in love with it because she allowed us to really express our creativity. Like we would have to make speeches and she would just give them, give us a time limit or a word like limit that we had to like achieve. But the topic could be completely what, whatever we wanted it to be. And I remember I had, wrote, I had, I have so many, um, speeches on my laptop that I really need to bring up and like reread and put somewhere special because like the speeches that I was writing were so good my teacher was like yo you're so good at this even though you hate it you're so good at this but I remember I wrote a speech on depression and I had really done the research behind it so where I knew what I was talking about when I was talking to my class and it blew everybody away I had a powerpoint presentation like it was so good and I feel like that class kind of helped me a little bit. It kind of helped me draw myself out of that depression because I was using the research and the knowledge that I had done on depression in a good way. I was using it to benefit me. I was using it to present it to my class and get A's on the on the assignments that I was given. I wrote speeches about COVID. I wrote speeches about suicide. Like it was it was really a beneficial class for me, and I was really educating on educating people on topics that they didn't really know about and that they really didn't think that they needed to know about. I had people in my class blown away, like, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, that's crazy. Like, wow, I'm sorry you went through that. And I feel like that helped me because, and it was just, it was just, it's just crazy looking back at it because I never really realized how perfect the timing of me being in that class was because the speak, like talking to people about it and it was strangers. Like, I didn't even know these people in my class. Like we had eventually grown relationships after, but Speaking about it in front of people that I didn't even know really helped me through my struggle. And I'm glad I got that opportunity. But like I said, a lot of people don't get the opportunities that I get because I apply myself. Like I knew that I had to do something because when I, I wasn't going to class, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't really interested in even being at school. And that had to change because I was in the middle of the semester. Like, or actually, no, I don't think I was in the middle of the semester. I think a new semester was starting up. And I was like, it might like the class probably started maybe a month after he died so it was like okay i have to i have to figure this out i have to channel this anger in some sort of way because i can't keep going through my life feeling like i don't want to do this when these are things that used to bring me so much joy another thing that i would say is not to make big decisions when you're going through the beginning stages of depression because Depression will make you feel like you have to isolate yourself from everybody. It will make you feel like you're alone in every aspect when you're really not. Because I remember when I had first been feeling my depression, I broke up with my boyfriend at the time. And it kind of just made so, made shit so much worse because I had to deal with the back and forth with him because like 
I broke up with him, but like I loved him and it was just like, I don't know if I want to be without you, but like I don't feel like I could be with you right now because I'm going through some shit. Like I had to deal with that drama. I had to deal with my cousin passing away. My cousin passed away eight days after I had broke up with him, which is crazy because my depression was already starting before my cousin had even passed away. Like I was sad, you know, I would, I don't know what, I don't know what I was sad about. I think I was just being away from my home and transitioning. I was still transitioning into being a college student in a whole different state. So I think that's what kind of had me so down all the time. And then my cousin passed literally right after. So it kind of just, my depression kind of took off and I was really going through it. But one thing I can say about sadness and life in general is that better days always eventually come. After the rain, there's always a rainbow and it's a beautiful rainbow. You just got to be there to see it. And that's the hardest part is making sure that you're there to see it. Because like I said, depression really makes you feel like you have nobody. It really makes you feel like everybody's out to get you. Nobody sees you for who you are. And it forces you to naturally isolate. But I feel like a lot of people go through depression and don't really deem it as depression when it really, really is. Because, like I said, they don't know about it or they're not educated on it or they don't want to be seen. They don't want people to think that they're crazy or they don't want people to think that, oh, you're so emotional. Or you're Like, being emotional and being in touch with your feelings is not a negative thing. I don't know why there's this stigma or this misconception in the black community that if we go to a therapist, are we crazy? Or if we feel like we sad for days and days and days, are we crazy? We losing our mind, we need help. No, you're going through something. And going through something is a natural human thing. Life is not always gonna be easy. That's what I feel like when like shit really goes down, it kind of has people like, damn, like this shit is hard. Yeah, it was never meant to be easy. If it was easy, we all would be out here living beautiful, happy lives. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. And I feel like right now in my life, I'm at the happiest place I've been because I have, I'm doing things that I love, like this podcast. I have my, my new studio. I forgot to tell y'all. Oh my God. Yeah, yesterday me and my dad spent like the whole day cleaning the garage and like made me a little fake podcast studio in here. So like I have my own space now, which is so good because like I'm so happy I needed this. Like have this going on i have my new my newfound beautiful space and bro you should see how it's set up in here it's fire anyways i have my own like space to be creative i have my own shit going on i'm happy like life is good so it just makes you realize like damn i came from a really really dark place i was actually talking about this with jada last night i saw her last night and i was telling her like all the good shit that i have coming up with the show and she was like that's good because like she knows, like, I really came from a dark place at one point, and it was hard for me. It was really, really hard for me, and I was really always struggling with something and trying to work through something. So now that life is good and that I can actually kick my feet up and feel okay is a beautiful fucking thing because I never, honestly, when, I, when you're going through your depression, you don't feel like you'll ever make it out. So... Realistically, my suicidal ideations were so strong and so persistent. I didn't really think I was ever going to make it to 21. And here I am, 21 years old, doing big fucking shit. 
it blows me like i remember sitting in my dorm room in my bed crying day after day after day like damn i'm not gonna make it like this shit is gonna over this shit's gonna overcome me just like it overcame him because it was so hard and that was around the time that he had first died so like he was in my dreams heavy and I never really knew what the fuck dreams meant. I never really paid attention to my dreams like that until he was in them. And that's another thing. Once you, if you're not educated on something or you don't have enough knowledge on a specific topic, like it, it confuses the fuck out of you and you ignore it. And it's like, what the fuck? He's in my dreams. Like, what is, what is it supposed to mean? But I was so sad. I was just so happy to see him in my dreams that I didn't really care what they meant. But having somebody that passes away come up into your dreams is a beautiful, big thing. It means that they really want you to know that they're okay. There's, they're, if you really think about it, we have a whole family. That, that person or that angel, I guess we can call them angels. That angel is specifically popping up in your dream for a reason. And he's popped up, I have maybe like five dreams with him in it. Every time has been for a reason. Just to know like, yo, I'm okay. Like, you're going to be okay too. Like, I'm here with you. Like, you know, honestly... Um, I had gone to my brother Messiah's college game in Boston. I had first time I had ever been to a college game. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Like that was a great thing to see as his sister because like it's really like damn, like he's living out his dreams and he's really doing this shit and he's doing it so effortlessly. It was an amazing experience. But the night before, his dad has passed had passed away eight years ago, like I said in um episode seven. And this man has never been in my dreams. For eight years, ever. Never, not one time. He was in my dream the night before that we drove up to this game. And he was in the dream for so long. Like it was it was one of those dreams where like I saw him and then it had got dark out and I had gone home to go to sleep and then I woke up and then I saw him again. Like it was one of those and he like the conversation wasn't much, like we really didn't talk about nothing of significance, but the fact that he was there meant something especially the day before we're gonna go see his son play a college football game like it meant so much and i woke up so like ecstatic because i was like oh my god like what the heck he's never been in my dreams like we have to really yeah dreams and all that stuff really they mean something everything means something especially when it pertains to my angels i don't know if y'all know but i'm really 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 big on my angels and i talk about them all the time because I they've protected me so much and they've done a lot for me and they don't even they've done a lot for me before and after they passed away so yeah yeah like he would be in my dreams and I would be so confused and I often just I often felt like my end was coming near that's how strong my suicidal ideations were I never really expressed that to anyone but they were strong and they were severe and I was I was adamant about I want to be with him I want to go there with him because I feel like why why would he have to he's already gone through this crazy depression by himself now he's gonna go through the afterlife by himself no I want to go too like I was adamant about it and the only thing that really stopped me one was my little brother because he left behind two younger siblings and that's just so much missing time that my little brother and my little brother was my little brother's young my little brother's only 10 now so when he passed away he was what like seven my little brother's young my little brother would have grown up and never even had any actual memories of me because 
by the time he got older, he would have forgotten everything that like we had gone through when I was here. He would have never remembered his older sister, and that's something that I could not have lived with. And my parents as well. Like my parents in this house is just me, my parents, and my little brother and our dog. So I know that me leaving my parents behind and having them walk past my bedroom every day knowing that I'm not in it and I'm not ever going to be in it again would have broke them. Broke them to beyond repair. I didn't want to be responsible for that. So I couldn't do it. And I knew I had so much to live for. I knew that I was destined for great things on this earth. So I had to convince myself of that. And I had to really snap out of it and be like, yo, get through this because when you get through it, this is going to be something amazing to tell your story. And I forced myself to do it and I made it. Back then, 2018, when I was 18 years old, sitting in my, my dorm room, crying my eyes out, I thought I was going to die before I even hit 20. Because that's how severe mental health and mental illnesses can be. They really take you to the darkest place that you could ever really be. And it's up to you to take yourself out of that. But it's hard. It's, and it's a journey. And that's a journey that I made sure that I did because I, I couldn't be the reason that my parents and my family was hurting again. Couldn't do it. It wasn't, it's just not. And that's really what I wish Khalid would have thought. I wish he would have, like, really weighed the pros and cons. Like, damn, my family's going to be really fucked up behind this. Like, but I feel like that's not really his fault because he really, really felt like we would all be better without him. As sad as that sounds, that really made sense in his head. And I get it because when you're going through shit, like, that's really how it seems sometimes. Life can really make you feel really small when you're so much bigger than what you're going through. But you don't see it at the time until afterwards, until you really heal from it. But he didn't really give give himself the chance to heal. And I'm happy to say that I did. And um, I'm here today doing great things and optimistic about life. I'm so hopeful about life because I know that it's only going to get better from here. It's already, and that's the crazy part. Like, life is so good right now that if it has the potential to be better, oh my God. I'm so happy I stuck around and made sure I got out of that shit. I have so much to live for, and I'm I'm so sad that my cousin didn't feel the same. I'm so sad that anybody that's committed suicide didn't feel the same. Because that's so much of your life that you're cutting short just because you feel like you're you can't do it. Just because you feel like shit is so hard. And that you don't have nobody to be there for you. But you really, really, really do. You just haven't... You really do have the people that will really do what they can to listen to you and be there for you. You just don't want to use your resources because suicide seems like the only real logical thing for you. But it never, ever, ever is.